Santa Claus is a fat bitch. It's the Going On Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. What's going on, Muse? How you doing? How, how you doing for the for the holiday season? How's it treating you? It is the final episode, not only uh, before Crimbus, but it is the last Going Off episode of 2019 and of the decade. And with that, I have but one question. Where are my background singers? <laughs> Oh my god, darling, you gotta show me that cue card one more time, honey! <laughs> that fucking oh video! Oh man! God damn. And then, do you remember the way that video ended? Did we ever talk about this officially? <laughs> um, see, here's the thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because the first time I saw it, it ended just when uh, they introduced uh, Bill and Hillary, and that was it. And like... They, like, Bill's whatever, Hillary makes this face like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and she just hugs Patty. But only recently have I seen uh, the full thing, where she then goes back to the podium, uh, has this book, and and she goes... Am I supposed to hold up the book and read it or lay it down? Okay, I have to pick it up? All right. And then she's, like, introducing another person, and she just goes, uh, It is my pleasure to introduce. No, I'm not singing again. I already tried it once, and I blew it. Patty. I blew it. Fucking Patty, it's not your fault. Granted, you did at one point say, I don't know the song. How don't you know the song? You rehearsed it. I think it's the, the, the arrogance of, you know, being a singer for so long. You're just like, oh, yeah, they're just going to bring me the thing. And I know the general song, but they're just going to give me the words and we'll be good to go. You know, something I thought was interesting, too, because I watched with uh, almost like with captioning. Uh, one video pointed out that when the background singers actually do show up on stage way <laughs> fucking through late. The song. <laughs> and Patty fucking, she just goes, thank you! And looks back at the camera like, oh my god, fucking finally. They go into this thing. This Christmas will be... Like, they start singing, and she looks over her shoulder at them and looks back at the camera and, like, has her... Like, her eyes are wide because apparently they didn't go over doing that in rehearsal. Oh my god. So even the background singers were doing shit she wasn't expecting. Yeah, uh, didn't they say in, like, if you look at the, the captions, it says, like, singing out of tune or something like that? Like, in the it's wrong so, key? so, like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? I think every time I've watched that video, which might very well be <laughs> in my top five favorite videos I've ever seen in my entire life, because it cracks me the fuck up every time I watch it. It's a Christmas it. classic. <laughs> Is I have a f- different favorite part every time I see it. There's always something that catches me. Like, I love when she's like, I don't know the song, honey. Gotta put the cue cards back up. And she's like not even singing the song. They pan what? the audience and it's just like some confused kid in the audience. Like, what, is, what the fuck am I watching? Like, okay, who is the cue card person? What are they doing? <laughs> does it ever, wait, does it, does it pan to him at some point? No. <laughs> Like, he fucking gets a pass. Yeah, exactly. Like, is he just going like, oh, you want that one? Is he a fucking sloth? Like, what the fuck is taking him so long? I know we're just re- recounting a video. I'm sure people have seen a million times. But if you haven't, uh, look up Patty LaBelle singing This Christmas at the White House tr- uh, Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony. I want to say it's 96. It's definitely the mid-90s. It's the last show of the year. And uh, I took some time this week going back through 
every episode we've done this year and uh, took notes of the ratings we gave the albums just to see uh, how our opinions varied, how our opinions may have uh, may have differed. I'm just going to start with how many fives we gave throughout the year. I gave one five. <laughs> you cold-hearted motherfucker. <laughs> and that was to uh, Denzel Curry's zoo. Was my only five throughout the whole year. Fucking stone-faced muse over here. <laughs> I, I, gave some, <laughs> I gave some fours, fours and a halves, but not fives. RC, on the other hand, mm. six. Woo! Feral the Earthworm, Van Vanarchy. All right, got a five. Uh, Lizzo, cause I love you. Mm. Got a five. Okay. Tyler the Creator, Igor, got a five. Absolutely, absolutely. Then going down, oof, quite a ways. Quite a ways. Yeah. Jul Julia Holter, have you in my wilderness? Got a five. All right. Yeah, I was just gonna say, do you even remember? Hey, that I, can't, I can't remember. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that Julia? Is that like a really like uh, uh, weird indie pop one? Is yeah, it was more was? like it was almost like dream poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it, that was probably that was a mood. That was a mood. You know, it was a whole mood. Uh, and your most recent two fives are Cannibal Oxes, The Cold Vein, and just last week, Immortal Techniques, The Martyr. Hey. Now, now on the flip side of that. <laughs> okay. We started, oh my god, the first album we reviewed in the year 2019. Hmm? Persona Non Grata by Urban Dance Squad. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Which, oh my god! Which is... <laughs> we, we started out the year with a bang, because it's an album I gave a higher rating than you. You gave it a zero, I gave it a one. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sorry. I, I Nah. <laughs> no love. Oh my god. I, yeah, because that, that one was fucking word salad. This was like, there's no point in listening to any of the songs because they all mean nothing. Which I still, one of my favorite lines to this day, though. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say. The funky never gone. <laughs> the funky never Fucking, I'm walking, bobbing down the street, telling people, you know, to to give me half of their money and, and to hate people of other races. The funky demagogue. <laughs> I'm so funky. All your problems are because of that guy. Oh, <laughs> boogie on this way. Um, then go, going down a ways, um, another one. Uh, insane clown posse's fearless Fred Fury. Oh yeah. Okay. I gave that one a higher rating also. I gave it a 2.5, you gave it a 1. So, so wait a minute. So, when it comes to the bad stuff, I'm meaner to it. And when it comes to the good stuff, I'm nicer to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've noticed wow. that because, uh, again, sk skipping down again, ugly duckling, taste the flavor. Oh, no. Fuck that. Fuck the worst song. I think that that was the um You said a dirty word of a wash your mouth yes, was so the absolute worst song I've ever heard. And I'm not sure if that whole album was worse, but I know that song is the worst song I've ever heard. And uh I remember that one being the 
inappropriate comedy to the uh whatever the uh, movie 43 or something like that of shitty albums that came out <laughs> that yeah we had to it was review. that after um Sesame Street Gangsters I Like Fat. That is our lowest rated album because it's the only album we both gave a zero to. You also gave a zero to the Yellow album by The Simpsons, but I gave it a one. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> and uh, you also gave a one to 070 Shakes Glitter, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which, which I gave a three. Going down to the end, though, uh... When it comes down to higher ratings, I gave a higher rating than you did 22 times. You gave a higher rating than I did 34 times. And we ended up giving the same score 16 times. I think in previous years, I've had the reputation for being a hater, you know. (laughs) Um, But it's not necessarily the case, because there are a lot of times we talk about albums and, you know... I will bring up something that was decent. Yeah, the data bears out. Look at that. It, we're, we're, yeah, we're not exactly that uh, that that monolith dynamic or whatever. But with all that said, uh, we've got very interesting uh, album reviews lined up for you this week. We'll start with Doctor Goatman and his request for the David Bowie self-titled album from 1969, also known as Space Oddity. Not that actual first self-titled David Bowie album. I don't think anyone wants to hear any opinions on that, but this is the one that really got people talking. It's the one that got everyone's attention. It has the fucking Space Oddity song on it, which is like, out of all the original run Bowie songs, gets like most of the radio playing classic yeah, rock stations. And, and defines his career, you know, especially the early part anyway. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever listened to this album the whole way through, and I really, I fuck with some Bowie. We reviewed Black Star. Yes, we did. Yeah, in fact, that was kind of my introduction to him. And then I remember going back and listening to his, like, first, first album. I think I was, like, sick that night or something like that. And, uh, because I remember, like, it being... I, I was just having a really bad night <laughs> and I was just listening to his first album and being like, Oh my God, I, this is really good fucking music. I just specifically remember thinking, man, I'm having a crabby day, but at least this music is good. You know, like there you go. <laughs> creating memories, lasting memories. This album is fucking weird. Yeah. Can I just go ahead and get that out of the For way? 19, first? Like I remember, yeah. I, I remember showing, a, I actually showed the space oddity song to a friend of mine who also wasn't like really into Bowie. And I remember asking him like, what year do you think this came out? And he was like, yeah. oh, like 1980s or something like that. And I was like, no, 1969. I, like, I, I just couldn't fucking believe it. Compared to other, like, rock albums that I just, like, you know, listened to, you know, for the podcast and just, like, on my own just in the last couple of years, like, I remember having the the feeling listening to this one, it just feels a lot lighter. Like, there is a lot more focus on, you know, lyricism and, you know, the, the atmosphere and telling the story than there is on, you know, rocking out and shit, you know what I mean? I got the opposite opinion. Really? His later stuff um, is focused way more on on lyrics. A lot of the songs on this are just kind of like, well, especially, okay, let's just skip for now the first track and skip down to Unwashed and Something Slightly Dazed. It's almost, if it didn't have lyrics, it'd pretty much be a fucking jam session. Well, see, uh, yeah, that one was the more uh, bluesy sort of joint. Yeah, yeah. 
But see, I felt like that wasn't like a lot of the rest of the album, right? It is like the most hard rocky, I think, on the album. Yeah. And, and I remember feeling odd about that one compared to the rest because like the lyrics on this one are probably the most dense. What, what does he say? Uh, uh, a humorous little ditty about a young man, possibly a member of counterculture, certainly a member of the proletariat, and the cultural gap between him and his respectable uh, middle-class girlfriend. I looked at that, and then I looked at the last verse, and I was thinking, maybe that'll help illuminate, you know? And it was like, now you run from your window to the porcelain bowl, and you're sick from your ears to the red parquet floor, and the brack on the wall slides down your front and eats through your belly. It's very catching. This album, compared to any after it, feels the most, I'm going to say personal, especially because there are like at least two or three tracks on here that are almost directly about either people he knows or an ex-girlfriend. There's two songs on here that are explicitly about an ex-girlfriend, her, but then he got Janine which is about a friend. Okay, so Bowie has a friend, right? The song is about Bowie's friend's girlfriend and how Bowie doesn't like her very much. Oh, oh, okay. Janine, Janine, you'd like to crash my walls, but if you take an axe to me, you'll kill mm. another man, not me at all. So, like, I didn't take that as, like, dissing her. I thought it was very directly, uh, uh, you know, talking about himself. You know what I mean? I'm guessing that would be, like... If I'm taking that literally, then that would be like, if you were to fucking try to come at me, then it would put more of a strain on, like, my friend to see his best friend and his girlfriend fight than because I'm kind of removed from the situation, so I don't really care what you say about me. But the perception from my fucking friend is like, oh no, these two people I really like being around don't like each other. That really sucks. This is probably very metaphorical, right? Like... It's it's exposing like uh, it's actually cutting down like uh, uh, the the facade that he puts up and exposing who he really is. The really jam bandy uh, music didn't fit with the lyrics, which felt a lot more you know Bob Dylan and pensive and darker. You know what I mean? And that's so, true. I, I felt like I enjoyed the rest of the album, which was um, which felt a lot like you know they made space oddity, and then they were like oh, I guess that's my sound now, so I'm going to do, like, really weird esoteric stuff for, you know, because, like, didn't they kind of do that back then? It would be like, if you have a big hit single, you know, all right, now you've got to make a couple more songs that sound like that, you know what I mean? Except, yeah. you know, his niche was, all right, you're the artsy rock guy, so this is what you're going to focus on. Because I, I remember hearing, to, like, parts of the album where, it, it, and it didn't feel like it was, like, you know, ripping it off or anything like that. It felt like there was, like, a motif of, like, just a raising guitar line, you know what I mean, oh, like, in certain yeah. songs, you just hear a... Just, like, some sort of charging up happened, which was happening a lot on Space Oddity. You know what I mean? Like, there were lots of parts like that where the song's very open, and then all of a sudden you hear a... In the background, you know? Tony Visconti, who is the producer who produced basically everything else in Bowie's discography, he worked with him for decades. I think he even produced uh, Black Star. Tony Visconti did not produce Space Oddity. Space Oddity was the song that Bowie basically recorded to pitch himself to the label. So that's almost like a pre 
album single. Okay. That is like, well, it's popular enough. It's getting a lot of attention. Let's put it on the album. After that first uh, initial uh, debut album of his, he got dropped from his label. Um, probably because of lack of sales, I'd imagine, because I don't think he was a very big name. I mean, at the do time. you remember it? I think the only song that kind of touches Space Oddity in in the exact same way or mood would be, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Signet Committee. Yeah, because uh, that one also uses like uh interesting sort of studio effects that were probably like just starting to be used at the time by like mainstream artists you know because most of them are just like straightforward songs when you hear most songs at the time but i think that was what was really like hit clicking with me it was just like oh hey wait a minute they're using like echo effects and like it's supposed to sound like weird you know what i mean like they're using those effects as sort of text painting for what the lyrics are about you know what i mean in, in a very direct way you don't hear a lot uh, up to that point and a quote from the description i think this was from the wikipedia uh commonly regarded as the album track most indicative of the composer's future direction which yeah i, I would agree uh, its lead character is a messianic figure who breaks down barriers for his young followers, but finds that he has only provided them with the means to reject and destroy him. <laughs> this is, yep, that's, this is David Bowie. <laughs> and is, in a way, a critique of uh, hippie culture at the time and how willing they are to, uh, I guess, gravitate or blindly follow any sort of leader, almost like a cult-type mm. worship. Okay. And yeah, you kind of get that from this Yeah. From this song, because it's got a fucking beginning, a middle, and an end. And by the end of it, it's just like, it's just fucking so gloom. Yeah, I, I had noticed uh, right around the time where he says like, Yay, and we will slit the Catholic throat, stone the poor on slogans such as, Wish you could hear, love is all we need, you know? And and uh, this part, especially at the end where he says, um, For I once read a book in which the lovers were slain, uh, for they knew not the words of the free state's refrain. It said, I believe I believe in the power of good. I believe in the state of love. I will fight for the right to be right. I will kill for the good of the fight of the right to be right. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that was such a, like, that was the absolute perfect lyric to just sum up, like, how these sorts of self-righteous messages get screwed up into, you know, being another, uh, you know, weaponized thing for being, you know, better than someone else and dividing people and saying that these people don't deserve da 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 you know what I mean we gotta fucking talk about wild eyed boy from free cloud oh wow okay so were uh, you expecting that shit no <laughs> what the absolute fuck so, dude okay just to be clear on what's going on in this song the song's about like a guy who's probably, like, you know, mentally unsound, like, being executed or something like that. Okay, this person is obviously not, you know, of their right mind, and it's not right that this is happening. Like, it's that sort of deal. Because there's one part where, um, I wrote down the lyric, uh, And the magic stare of the wild-eyed boy said, Stop, free cloud, they won't think to cut me down. Which is supposed to be highlighting, like, oh, he doesn't realize what's happening. That's what I figured what was happening, right? And it was just, like, the sort of, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, just listening to this unfold, you know what I mean? Even beyond lyrical content, just, like, just the epic orchestration of this track. 
you don't hear it anywhere else on the album, at least not to this extent, but by the end of it, oh my god. At that part where he says, like, lives from a solitary sun from the mountain called Free Cloud, like, you could hear, like, wind and, like, the the kicking up of the violins, like, it was, like, specifically, like, a flourish that was just like, holy shit, I do not hear this in mainstream rock songs at this time. Like, what in the fuck? You know? A couple times I got vibes similar to uh, early Elton John. Okay. But but definitely more intricate uh, lyrics than Elton John. And not to shit on (laughs) Elton John, because his stuff definitely fits... You know, it has its own purpose, but it's not the exact same. His writing is more to Bob Dylan, right? It's very pensive. It's very dense. It's very, you know, trying to get you to think about things, but not trying to do it directly. And I got a very strong Simon and Garfunkel vibe. Oh, I didn't even fucking think. Ah, yeah. On uh, God Knows I'm Good. Oh, absolutely. This reminds me of a couple songs on early Simon and Garfunkel albums and it's definitely it definitely stands out on this album because it's a very straightforward song there's very little in the way of metaphor really it's just it's pretty literal it's just a woman is in a store and she's trying to steal some food and she thinks she got away with it and she's like oh 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 only God's going to judge me for this. And I'm sure God will look the other way. And then she gets caught. And then it's like, Oh fuck. I guess not. I guess I'm fucked here. I like the interjection of how the chorus comes in. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think maybe there actually is a message because, uh, again, not a big overt one, but it's, it's uh, you know, um, there's one point where he mentions, you know, uh, I saw the multitudes of faces, honest, rich, and clean. Specifically mentions, like, that this is a, like, you know, high-glass establishment. And then, like, the mention of, you know, this woman uh, trying to steal a steak. Like, I thought maybe there was something about, like, you know... It, I mean, we're in a rich establishment and someone is stealing, like, probably because they don't have any money. That's what I was thinking, you know? And what when the chorus comes in and it's like, so I've stolen something, but she's saying to herself, but but God knows I'm good. God will look the other way, right? Because, you know, I'm starving. So so it's okay that I stole something because I'm actually really hungry. And, and it, when it comes to the end of the second verse and, you know, they're taking her away, that's sort of her like lament, like, I mean, uh, screaming out like, well, God knows I'm good. I, I'm not a bad person for stealing. Like God, God knows I'm good. Right. The only song on here I didn't particularly care for was the last one. You know, I, yeah, it, that was the one that felt the most like a, like just straight up Beatles song with the. You know, um, um, circa the, uh, you know, na, 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 or, or, yeah. uh, what's, what's the other one? Especially they talk because about it repeats so much by the end. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there a song about a fat old son or something like that? This kind of, like, it, it just felt that way. I think it's specifically because the lyric is, the sun machine is coming down and we're gonna have a party. And it just feels like this doesn't feel related to anything that was just happening. No, not really. <laughs> Because he's so young here, and there's fucking songs about your goddamn girlfriend on here, dude. The fuck you doing, my dude? I I, I just get the feeling that this is just like, hey, I got my big break. 
I'm on a big label because of that song. It got everyone's attention. I'm just going to put all the songs I've been writing on here. And they might not be connected in any sort of way, but I'm gonna get. I'm just going to get all of it out there and see what sticks. And unfortunately, none of it did, except for the song that got him on the label in the first place, which I'm sure didn't look good initially. They fucking thought Janine, of all songs, on this album was going to be the follow-up hit, and it just didn't work. I, look, it was one of those I'm things wrong. where they were like, we don't know what's making this popular, but the, the first time it worked, we're going to throw the money at it and see if it works. Like, that, that's how these labels work, you know? I guess just looking at the tracks, it was probably the only song on here that wasn't too long to be a single, for one. Because there's a couple songs in here, like, um... Isn't Unwashed and Something Slightly Dazed, like, seven minutes? Yeah, okay, um, and then there was that little... That, including Don't Sit Down. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of fucking around. There's a lot of what other people are doing stylistically he definitely brings his own flavor to it you know that's the thing it's all different it's all things that other people are doing but his way overall i got a four how about you you know i i give it a four and a half other than the 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 songs that that felt odd and threw me off like track two like they were all i believe like brilliant just like awesomely written they were a great like it was cool to just experience them, you know what I mean? Like, to just listen to them. But, yeah, just the one or two moments where it was just like, oh, that just sounds like the Beatles, like the last song, or, oh, that, why, this isn't the style that I was just listening to. Just stick with the style that you were doing, you know? In addition, we've got an album by Tori Kelly. Very special thank you to Daniel Greenberg for your request, Inspired by True Events, by Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly... I guess was a bigger name a few years ago or people thought like she was onto like, you know, she had a lot of potential, a lot of promise and then just kind of fell off. Was she like on a uh, singing reality show or something? Was I, she on The Voice or some shit? I, I, I couldn't tell you that. Um, I think if she was, she probably wouldn't fare that well. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Is it about to happen? I'm not saying she sounds terrible. I'm, I'm just, just saying a lot of it, it's just kind of a middle-of-the-road performance for me. Uh-oh, okay, okay. We gonna have, because I was rocking with it. I was rocking with it. I The fucking first lyric of this album, come on, man. The fucking, okay, so we go from one, uh, uh, one, uh, uh, you know, wordsmith in David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, to another with the first joint coffee. Cause again, you know, I had these on a, these albums on a playlist. So I went, went yeah. right from one to the other. And it's just like, uh -huh. ah, you know, the verbose lyricism of, uh, David Bowie. And then the very first lyric is like, on this album is, I envy the cup of coffee that kisses you in the morning, the pillow that caresses your cheek when you're tired and yawning. I'm jealous of the of the steering wheel you wrap your hands around and it was just like immediately the sort of singer songwriter like i'm gonna write the shit out of this <laughs> you know it's just that, that perfect like i'm gonna encapsulate the shit out of this feeling right now i just fucking i'm sorry i was with it maybe i got a soft spot for for the classic singer songwriter sort of you know lyricism like that but it, it, she caught me with this one <laughs>
I wasn't wildly impressed. Really? Um, you weren't feeling it? Oh, no. no not really. Ah, like, I, I thought it was it. fine. Oh, I was having such a good... You, you know what it is? This felt like a very classic type of album. Right, mm. uh, you know, it's like I'm gonna talk about this emotion, and I gotta talk about this emotion. The album's called, you know, inspired by true events. Uh, on sure. the actual album, there's you know clips of what sounds like her actual like you know home movies and shit like that from when I she was a kid. I didn't need those. I, I I thought it was a little long, but uh, actually, some of them were, yeah. Yeah, the, the second one went on a little long. Like it was kind of like Ugh. we got the point. She wants to wear a bikini and sing. Is this like social commentary or something? If these are, in fact, your real home movies, Tori <laughs> Kelly, I, I just got to point out how weird and off-putting and creepy the dad sounds in the first clip. Uh, yeah, okay, so... Where it, where she's he's videotaping her in a camcorder. She likes looking at daddy, that's what she likes. This oh, one right now, daddy looks like a video camera. No, she can see through this because she knows that I love her. I think, Who like, says that, you weirdo? It's one of the, yeah, I think it's one of those, like, oh, I'm joking, but it was just kind of, like, said slightly to, like, as if he believed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to believe that these are, like, better better acted skits than we've heard on recent albums. Like, <laughs> Everyone oh, it's tells my about their fucking family, goddamn. <laughs> it's my family, quote-unquote, but it's really just, like, actors or whatever, and that, yeah. and that there really isn't home movies with her dad sounding like a weirdo well, like I, I, you know I, I, and I was just thinking about this like okay so the second skit like you know she's like uh, you hear her as a kid she's like I'm a kid and I'm gonna sing it in a bikini <laughs> show how like strong I am that I'm singing it in a bikini it's not like I included him in the final rating but I would I would be lying if I said I didn't skip over them after the first couple well because I do feel like the skits are related to the songs yeah, right? be, it, like because it would be like, oh, hey, that actually did like relate to the emotion that she was trying to go for. But like you said, like, it's just like get to the point a little quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's not like these songs are lyrically or conceptually that complex. Uh, yeah. Well, OK. Yes. It's not like, oh, man, I wouldn't get what the song is about if I didn't have this skit informing me about it beforehand. Like, actually, I could, I, I could pick it up pretty quick. You're absolutely right. This is what 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 was rubbing against me. It's like these songs are so and I don't I'm not saying this to be like a diss, but like they're so like, you know, kind of normal in terms of like what they are like they're not so complex like it's not like a brock hampton song where you're like wait who, what's he talking about like they it's laying out a very clear emotion that is supposed to be hitting the universality of what everyone goes through like oh i miss my childhood that's something everyone goes through oh you know i'm in love with this guy that's what everyone goes through oh i really miss this person by the way real quick we need to do this on the fucking show fuck it we're doing it live mm. i i have had this song stuck in my head for and I'm not oh. exaggerating like two weeks okay and uh, I haven't been able to figure out what song it is but yeah whenever... he, he was trying to text me the, uh... <laughs> the vocalization <laughs> and you know I tried I tried to figure out what it was you did you did but we'll get to that in a sec um and for whatever reason my mind always goes to uh we belong together by Mariah Carey and that's not it okay the vocalization and I'm pretty sure that it's that at the very beginning of the song is someone going That's your love by Nicki Minaj. No. 
No, look, look it's it a sample. Oh, oh, you mean it's the sample older than of that? It? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the sample oh. of it, I actually found that too. Um, so for my uh, sta- station edge show, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Because I need that. <laughs> I need it. Uh, I have a I have a sample show where I do. Um, we play the original song in the sample and sort of like. And sometimes I do like sample chains where it's like, oh, this song actually also sampled it too, but you know it sampled another part, so you could hear like you know the the different parts and shit. And I was just like listening, and then I just heard the, <laughs> and it was just like, wait. But this isn't Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Fucking it. okay. Look, can I just say I heard a song on the radio today by Annie Lennox, and I thought to myself, <laughs> "You found it? Could that be? Could that be the person? It's not the song though. Goddamn Annie Lennox! Annie Lennox, Fuck. no more I love yous. Oh, it hits you right. Oh. <laughs> it's like oh. <laughs> Oh, my soul is at peace. (laughs) I I, I no longer walk this spectral plane. My ghost can finally rest in peace. Mm. For I have heard the vocalization at the beginning of No More I Love Yous by Annie Lennox from 1995. Moving back to this album. (laughs) Oh, man, you have no idea. Ooh, the weight that's been lifted off my shoulders. Okay. Had to go off, had to go off. I was actually watching an Adam Ruins Everything episode where they had mentioned that, like, uh, they were talking about earworms and how, it, like, the reason why they happen is because it's like, your brain wants to complete it because there's part of it that you're not hearing and yeah. it's trying to figure it out. So it's like, Ugh. yeah, when you play the song, it completes it. So you're like, oh, okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's all you need. Yeah. I remember times when I was a kid where, like, I would be rapping something or something like that, and there would be, like, a certain line, and yeah, I didn't know where the line led to, and it would just, like, lead back to the first couplet of the line. Oh, I hate that. So my brain would just, like, be rapping it, and I would just be like, it feels like that sounds right. It sounds right that that repeats, but that can't be it. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be it. I know it's not, though. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think. Um... I, I, I was more hit. I'm gonna say by the instrumentals on the album than than Tori Kelly herself. Um, I think she sounded okay uh, as far as like the, the vocal performance. I just wasn't blown away by the vocal performances. I, I, I'll put it to you like this: I feel like this person is a great like singles artist in the sense that if you heard any one of these singles on the radio, you'd be like, holy shit, the fucking radio is like playing some better music. We got some people who, you know, know how to fucking sing, know how to mm-hmm. swing a tune. But there yeah, is yeah, okay. there is the the personality that feels like it's being injected with these skits. You know what I'm saying? That That's not necessarily on the songs themselves because the yes. songs themselves are these perfect pop packages, which I think are good. I, I think they're good pop packages but yeah it is a sort of like you know the best britney spears album still isn't going to tell me that much about britney spears you know i don't really know what else to say per se um um well, I, say- I guess i would say my my highest rated song yeah. on the album was uh until i think of you that's my favorite one uh with the lush uh, full backing choir and mm-hmm. the fucking instrumentation on that one I thought was beautiful. The piano instrumental with the strings that coming in towards the end. My least favorite was Change Your Mind. I thought that was kind of meh. Oh, and Actress. I really liked Actress. I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, again, I feel like 
so, oh, okay. So remember what I said to you about like, these are all cool pop packages in and of themselves. Um, I feel like a song like, uh, 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 was it until I think of you? Um, even though I felt like that song still did its job well and I still enjoyed it. It still felt to me like that should have been the emotional core of the album. And it wasn't as emotionally gripping as someone else who would be making this type of song. You know what I'm saying? Again, like functionally, it's a great, like it works cool as a song, but I do feel like, like the average person listening to an album of this, it's like they wouldn't be getting the personality of who this is. I couldn't see someone listening to this and saying, I didn't enjoy this, but I could see someone listening to this and saying, that was cool. I'm probably not gonna like Google her and follow her on Twitter and be like, oh my God, you know, my high school life is gonna be defined by this person. You know what I mean? It is proficient and actually does its job, but you should have gone all the fucking way. Cause it's just like, I mean, Hey, who it hits is who it hits. So if it works, it works. And and I don't want to give any, and like, I don't want this to in any way sound like backhanded praise because like for, for my money, I actually really enjoyed uh, a lot of the harmonies and vocalizations. I thought they were really like bright and cool in a way that I, I really don't think I hear that much in pop songs. So maybe that's why it does hit me so much. Like maybe 10 years ago, if we were living in like, you know, uh, a, a world inhabited by Mariah Carey's and, and the like, and Christina Aguilera's and the like, like like, this actually might sound more plain. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's because we're in a world where, like, people are relying more on just, you know, uh, uh, you know, vocalizers and things like that. And it's like, there's a very clear, like, showing that she's not. You know what I'm saying? And so there, I think that just catches my ear about this album. Because it, it, it very much does not sound like it came out in... Uh, 2019, you know, uh, you got to sound like a Katy Perry or a, uh, maybe a Halsey, you know, to have like a, a hit right now. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that, you know, the, uh, the Alessa Cara sort of stripped down sound is bad, but it's just like, it, it, it's not bad, but it allows for, you know, you to make a song that doesn't have as much, uh, musical depth to it. Now that you remind me that this came out this year. Man, that that hurts it in my eyes even more. Like, you, you think that, that makes it th- more dated? It sounds a bit throwbacky in that mm. in that regard. Yeah, like this sounds like it would have worked in like maybe like '90s R and B. Would have got overshadowed even then because there's more personality and there's like I don't know, I guess poppier cuts. This is like this album is a fine is like a fine cake, but it's it, it's like a wedding cake, but like. <laughs> It's like a it's like a one color, no frills wedding cake. Like it it's pretty, and it, you know it gets the job done. It sits in the freezer as it does, <laughs> but yeah, not a lot of decoration. Kind of plain to look at, i.e. to listen to. Mm. Um, I, I came up with a three and a half for me. I I, I give it a four. <laughs> God oh, damn it. I thought you were gonna say five. <laughs> Ooh, my dude, you had me sweating. Four no, is okay. No, I was just talking about, I was, uh, again, referring to our... <laughs> oh, I our knew you were gonna rate point. it higher. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I had no doubt in my mind. But, and, you know, look, I, I, I will admit, I'm more of a just vocal person. So I okay. like hearing the runs and shit that sounds clean. And, and see, that is one thing. There, There is one hand where it is that throwback of, like... 
oh yeah, this kind of sounds maybe outdated uh, or not outdated, just like not with the sound that is right now. But that can mm. be cool in and of itself, right? Not everything, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Adele, you know, fucking switched up the game when she came on the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So it's not that necessarily that's bad, but yeah, there there is definitely something that Adele did to make herself stand out in that time, as opposed yeah. to like, yeah, you can't necessarily say that she just sounded like you know Jessica Simpson, a la you know two thousand one or anything like that. No, she mm. has her own sort of distinct style, and it feels like with this, it feels like someone you know. Uh, unearthed what makes a really good you know 90s r&b album and made that today and it still sounds good because if you have a talented singer and all that stuff it's still gonna sound good but yeah there is a bit of the 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 flavor of individuality that that is missing to the person that feels like it's being made up for with the with the super personal skits you know Adele really did raise that bar an unfair amount (laughs) yes very much so (laughs) like Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you gotta be rawer than that. <laughs> yeah, that's asking a lot from everyone else. You're making everyone else look bad. But not to say there isn't the talent out there. It's just uh, normally you don't find it on the radio because it usually isn't the popular stuff. And that's why uh, you need to head over to my station. <laughs> Whoa! That's Segway. Oh mm. yeah, mm, you like it? I'm, I'm working on my uh, uh, the, my my uh, marketing, <laughs> my, oh, my brand kiss. building. <laughs> ah, uh, uh-huh. no, but just I'm gonna be doing. Uh, uh, you know, lots of people have been talking about like, oh, you know, best songs of the decade and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna be doing my own uh, station head. You know, broadcast where I'm going to be playing my favorite songs from, uh, you know, different years of the decade, starting with mm. like 2010. So, uh, you know, keep an ear out for uh, when I'm doing those shows as, as well as other stuff. Um, and uh, but uh, and of course, I'm going to be premiering the, you know, 2019 list uh, as we go into the new year. You know, when, nice. once I once all the songs are done. <laughs> oh, and uh, I'll be posting the uh, song lists on my Patreon when I'm done with them. It, ah. It'll be f- free to view. So you could just like after the show, you can just go there and see like, oh, hey, what did he think of 2010? You know, and, cool, and cool. I, w- the way I tried to do the criteria was like going by. Uh, so, you know, I, I went through like, you know, Wikipedia and just went through like every year in uh uh, you know, through every album and was like, all right, was this good? Is this whack? Is this, you know, and mm-hmm. I had picked the songs that I was like, which song would you, you know, want to show someone that you know would get them into this artist? You oh, know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how I tried to base it. So not just like, oh, the best song, but which song would be like, nah, you got to check this guy out because of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That That's, that's how cool. I tried to do the criteria. So, yeah, hopefully I uh, got a... Uh, you know, got a got a pretty comprehensive list. I tried to do like you know uh, the big singles as well as songs that are just like just in general. Uh, uh, halfway through the sentence, I would just wanted to say like just how I felt about doing my station head thing in general. Like I just like doing where uh, a show where I can be like, hey, I'm gonna play a big hit single, and then afterwards I'm gonna play a song that like eh, you would have never heard because it's on the album and no one ever plays you know album singles unless yeah. it's like 30 years later and you know everyone loves the album, so sure they'll play you know uh, another single from the album. So like I like doing that with this list as well. Like yeah, I'm gonna put you know the big hit singles that were really dope, but I also like putting you know the other cuts on there that are like holy shit this should have been a single because you know what i mean with all that said um we want to thank you very very much for checking us out this week um and just checking us out this year sticking with us uh through all of 2019 um 
we, we hope to have another great year in 2020. Uh, no, no stopping, no end in sight. Ain't no uh, stopping us now. If this just happens to be the first time you're listening to our show, all of our old episodes are on Spotify. So if you're not listening to us on there now, if you're listening to us on maybe YouTube or, uh, or SoundCloud, that's possible. Make sure you're following us on Spotify because that's the only place where you're going to hear all of our songs in one place and you could follow us so you all never miss songs? a new episode. All our songs. All our great hits. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, hey, going off and uh, fuck the Donald. <laughs> this is either spoiling a surprise or getting people to uh, request albums so we have a little extra spending money, but... I've mentioned uh, the website Cameo before, mm-hmm. where celebrities will like re- like record personalized messages for mm-hmm. you, like "Oh, happy birthday" or you know, "Congratulations on that A on your term paper," whatever the. Oh fuck. snap! Wait, do you want to get someone that we've like reviewed and see if they're on Cameo and make them oh. like talk about our album? <laughs> no, no, no! I wasn't, I wasn't gonna say show. that. <laughs> Uh, what I was gonna say was, I think there's like three or four people from Mad TV on there, and I think they're all really cheap. Oh my god! Wait, who? Who? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> who is I it? Kn- is it? If it's like you know, you're like fucking Ike Barinholtz or whatever, I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. No, uh, no, um, he was in, no, he's fine. He's fine. He was in Suicide Squad, so you know. Uh, oh, I'm actually okay. happy to see uh, any Mad TV people doing anything. Off the top of my head, the two I remember off the jump are fucking Deborah Wilson and Phil Lamar, so... Yes! Yes! Those are exactly the two we need! Alright, let's get this poppin'. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get a fucking a shout-out from, from Deborah, from Deborah Wilson oh or Phil Lamar... I would shit myself. <laughs> I love those motherfuckers so much. Going on a tangent, sorry. <laughs> See, <laughs> and this is why I almost wanted to keep it as a surprise. <laughs> Phil Lamar and like Deborah Wilson, they were like two of my favorite fucking cast members. Deborah Wilson was absolutely fucking hilarious, and she yeah. always and she was always like the singer in in whenever there was like a skit oh, that required yeah. a song. If you notice, like it was always her voice that was doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like she was hilarious. She she was always singing. She was funny, <laughs> and uh, she was always willing to go there for the joke. You know what I mean? Oh man, I just saw someone who I was actually. The first time I looked through it, I was like, oh, I didn't see them or whatever. But, like, like a personal, like, oh, I'd love that. Fucking Paul Rubens, $250. Yo. Ain't worth it that much. Can't can't do that, Paul. Ain't my type of height. Can't can't (laughs) do that, Paul. That's a bit much. John Heater's even asking for $200. What? What? Ah, we both went. <laughs> now, hold on, my guy. Wait, back up. I'm fucking sorry. What? <laughs> now, hold on. You had Napoleon Dynamite, okay? That, that's not even that much of a fucking cult event, goddammit. Sinbad's, like, Sinbad's only asking for 60. Where do you get off? <laughs> he, was, he was in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, come on. <laughs> Norm MacDonald is asking for 375. What? I'm sorry. Marlon Wayans is asking for a thousand. Uh, 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 what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Marlon, see your iconic movie line. 
Say something from white chicks. Date Marlin. I almost called you fucking something you else. It, Damn it. I did. Yeah. Oh, no. One of the other eight Wayne's children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Sean Wayne's is also asking for a thousand. Sean, no. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. No. Marlon, maybe. Sean <laughs> Wayne's, no. <laughs> Na- name, again, name the iconic movie line. Come on, y'all. What's what's going on here? He's the, like he's the straight man that all the jokes were built off of, even on the TV show. No. <laughs> well, okay, you know what? Maybe there, there's women out there, you know, who loved the show back then, and they uh. considered him a bit of a heartthrob. You know, maybe they got a little change in their purse. They want oh, oh, I can see that. I can see that. Because, you know, he tried, he tried to pull the really sexy, he tried to be the sexy, flexy, straight man, you know, back then. I, I, I caught him. I caught him. <laughs> I hate going on this website because it just becomes, I'm just, just obsessed with looking, looking and, and evaluating whether or not their prices are uh, worth hmm. uh, their celebrity. <laughs> is, is Pauly Shore, comedian and actor best known for his roles in Biodome Whatever and Encino Man? No. Worth my $250? Absolutely not! Absolutely not! <laughs> when I can spend $40 to get a shout-out from, from Lori Beth Denberg? Uh... uh <laughs> is that too much? Who the is, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Lori Beth Denberg! What? Uh... Uh, Lori Beth Denberg, are you kidding me right now? I feel like you're going like, uh, you know, fucking, uh, 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 Jan Michael Vincent. <laughs> Dude, I was just gonna say I Jan Michael like Vincent, like, what's that? What, you don't know Jan Michael Vincent? Come on, Jan Michael Vincent. <laughs> oh, oh, no, fucking, Lori Beth Denberg was like the librarian from all that. Uh, vital information. Oh, sketch. for your everyday life. Yeah. yeah oh that Lori Beth Denberg. Before the Going Off podcast, and a big farewell to the shit fuck fire that was 2019. Until next year, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And have yourself a merry little non denominational winter solstice event. <laughs>